You're listening to the Empowering Lives Podcast, brought to you by the Department of Psychology at Help University, the University of Achievers. We'll be bringing you conversations with renowned psychologists and other health professionals that discuss a wide range of topics on mental health, psychology, and well-being. The Empowering Lives Podcast comes to you from the biggest psychology department in the whole of Malaysia. As we talk about the issues that matter to you most, stay tuned to this global podcast as we empower you to take away valuable insights and lessons that can improve your emotional health and well-being today. Hi, everybody. Uh, Good day to you. And I hope this podcast comes to you in a time where you're safe and indoors and now it's the current restriction movement order that has been slapped on all of us at the moment. So I I do hope that you are safe with your family and still keeping in touch with your friends. So this series of podcasts is essentially the Department of Psychology at Help University, our initiative towards an outreach series of podcasts to you you during this uncertain time. Uh, This is the COVID-19 outbreak that we're talking about, obviously. And joining me today is uh, Mr. Sandy Khan, psychotherapist, from the Center for Psychological and Counseling Services, CPCS, from Health University. How are you going, Sandy? I'm good, thanks, Eugene. Good to be here. Yep. Yeah, thanks for uh, for the time and uh, for you know responding to some of the questions that uh, we've actually sent you earlier on. So today we're talking about responsible social media use, and I think all of our social media accounts are being flooded with news, with updates, and many of them are they're, they're anxiety provoking, and they can be very distressing at times. So uh, who else better than to, to speak with um, and then, then with Sandy, who we have as a psychotherapist here today, and also uh, who has had an extensive, extensive experience as a journalist uh, back, in, back in Scotland. So Sandy, uh, to start us off, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what really is meant by, what do we mean by responsible social media use, especially during times of crisis like the one that we're currently in? So I think that we have to consider uh, three main points. So um, when we are looking to uh, share information or when we read uh, some sources that are shared to us by friends and family, um, before passing any information on, we should make sure that it's up to date, mm-hmm. um, that it's accurate information, and it comes directly from reliable uh, news and health sources. Um, One of the problems, as you'll know, I'm sure, is that when people forward on information, um, quite often it's like, um, you know, this kind of whispers game where, you know, by the time it gets to the third and fourth and fifth person, uh, you know, the story gets twisted and added to. And so uh, it's really important that we do share directly from reputable sources in times of crisis. Mm. And the second point is that we should be aware of who we are sending the information to and why. And, um, you know, because most of the time we get information online and we just put it out on Facebook, Instagram, social media platforms without really considering the audience that we are uh, presenting it to. Mm. Um, Now, in in normal circumstances, if we share false or so-called fake news, Mm. the worst thing that's going to happen is that people are going to be misinformed. And uh, but in this case, it could actually lead to encouraging unhelpful health-related behaviors, which could mm-hmm. then uh, exacerbate the problem. So we need to make sure about uh, you know, who we're sending the information to and why. And lastly, on this question, Eugene, um, I would say that to be mindful of our intentions 
mm. and also the consequences of the information that we do share. And I'll give you an example that I've received. Um, so some people send me videos or news articles and they'll ask me to check to make sure that it's true, but they'll also add, you know, I sent this to my grandmother, my elderly father. Mm. Um, and although they have that noble intention of trying to share information to encourage elderly and vulnerable relatives to stay at home, a lot of the time it can be quite dramatic information that's being shared. So it yep. can actually add to um, people's stress and worry and anxiety. So although it's important to stay well informed and to share accurate information, it's also important that we take into account people's mental health as well as their physical health, um, because we don't want people who are maybe isolated or um, feeling lonely to be mm. receiving information that's quite worrying. Um, and needlessly so it's 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 important that we share accurate information but we don't need to share anything that may add to that stress or worry right great thank you i wanted to just maybe uh, pick up on that point of um you know knowing who you should forward messages to and sometimes we we get sent a lot of messages and we are even encouraged to pass this on and i i keep hearing that there's this uh there's this almost a justification in saying that it's better to be safe than to be sorry. So uh, what would you say to people who receive this information and they're asked to pass it on and they have the intention to actually pass it on uh, with the belief that they're doing actually others a favor by giving them a heads up uh, during this crisis situation? Yeah, so this is the importance of um, you know making sure, being mindful of your intentions. So yes, of course, everyone or most people have good intentions. They want to be um, better safe than sorry, however, in a health crisis or any kind of crisis situation, by sharing information that is not accurate, it can actually lead to problems. So it can actually make people less safe. Mm. So let's say, for example, um, you know, we take one myth. Let's say someone spreads a message that it's okay to uh, drink warm water to kill off the virus. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so 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 someone might actually take that on board. Drinking uh, warm water, thinking that they're killing off the virus um, and then they believe themselves to be well so what what happens then is they start to take less precautionary measures to protect their own health and well-being and that of others so therefore you potentially actually increase the risk so that's why it's so important um, you know I mean it's a sort of false news spreads faster than the virus itself um, but it also helps the virus to spread so that's why it's really, really, really important that the information that we're sharing is double-checked, does come from a verifiable um, source, and is, it comes from a kind of reputable mm -hmm. uh, website or, or, or news source. Yeah. I, I wanted to pick up on your point on fake news and how fake news can also go viral. And, and that's also the cause of the, of the potentially unhelpful habits that you highlighted just a while ago. But before we get to that, uh, maybe as a practical suggestion, if, say, for those of us who are receiving forwarded messages from our, our parents, for instance, and we do know that we receive, I think a lot of our listeners can, can identify with the same experience. So what do we say to our parents in encouraging them to maybe take a step back, just to be a little bit careful with uh, the information that gets passed to them and then subsequently to us? I think quite interestingly, a lot of the research shows that, that people, especially over the age of 60, mm. um, tend to be more susceptible to passing on uh, this kind of information, believing it to be true. Mm -hmm. And one of the, one of the, the reasons why that, 
that is, is because it often sounds plausible enough um, that, it, that it might sound true. So one practical step when you receive any kind of information that does not come from a, a reputable source directly mm -hmm. um, is to maybe check with um, some of the sources that we might share later on in the podcast episode. Mm -hmm. um, or even if that's not um, you know, possible at any given time, mm. maybe ask someone in your family who you, you think is kind of you know, more savvy when it comes to, um, you know, Kind of verifying a, a source mm -hmm. or the, the sort of truthfulness of a of information just take that step back be mindful before you share any kind of information ask mm -hmm. some questions and if you are in doubt and there's no way to kind of verify the information then i would say please don't pass it on because you are um you know unintentionally but you are um increasing the risk of someone receiving false information that can like i mentioned mm -hmm. earlier uh, encourage unhelpful behaviors that can then lead to, to, to bigger problems. Mm, right, great, thanks. These are great tips. So, um, on to this other question that um, I'm sure a lot of our viewers and sorry, in this case, listeners will be interested in knowing about. Um, did you have any thoughts, or maybe there is some research evidence, like you quoted just a while ago, on why fake news tends to spread so quickly, especially when it comes to fake news surrounding crisis? And if there's anything that we can do to actually stop this this infodemic of bad news of you know uh, catastrophizing messages about the current situation, yeah. So it used to be before uh, the age of social media, we would get our news from uh, you know uh, like TV or radio, um, where the information is uh, hopefully uh, checked for its um, accuracy. Now we have a kind of a deluge, a flood of, of information like you mentioned earlier. And um, so we're constantly sharing and we're constantly, um, you know, um, sort of discussing tips and, and health advice that might not come from, uh, you know, accurate sources. So one of the reasons why fake news does spread, especially in times of, of crisis, is because, you know, I, su I suppose from a psychological perspective, um, you know, that sense of fear kicks in, and especially when people are afraid of what they can't see mm. um, and something that's unexpected, um, they become hungry for information. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, fear travels faster than facts. So mm. the, the, the impulse is, is not, if you think about sort of in evolutionary terms where we try to get away from the threat as soon as possible, and that's by any means necessary. So in modern equivalent, uh, and a, a modern equivalent of that is, what kind of um, information, what kind of advice sounds good enough that I can quickly protect myself and my family? Um, so one of the, one of the, the, the problems, just um, you know, a couple of more key points on that, is that people are, are unaware, right? So most people are, are not trained journalists or psychologists. Um, and even those people slip up from time to time because we're all human, we all have that fallible mm. tendency. So to maybe panic in this kind of initial chaos, uh, certainly. Um, so we share anything that sounds comforting, uh, that helps us to gain a sense of control during the initial outbreak of a crisis because everybody is in such of a panic and we don't know what to do. So we turn to any kind of information that just resembles even a modicum of mm. truth that might help us. Um, so that so some people think that, that fake news is often spread through um, malicious intent, but actually most of it is, is shared through good intention. People mm. want to help people. We still have that kind of deep desire to protect ourselves and loved ones and, and friends. Mm. So, you know, we share any kind of information that we might think uh, 
keep, helps to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, then what happens is you get myths that start to circulate, and there's plenty with regard to this novel uh, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So myths such as drinking warm water to kill off the virus, mm-hmm. uh, holding your breath for 10 seconds to check for infection, um, spraying alcohol or chlorine solution on your body to ward off the virus. Um, these all sound uh, entirely plausible to the general public, um, especially, for example, with the 10-second breath check. It yeah. does have um, valid um, health application, so it can detect certain um, sort of faults with our, our, our lungs, for example. However, in the case of uh, the coronavirus, it is not suitable and it cannot check for uh, infection. So these myths that I've mentioned, they sound plausible, they sound like they might work, mm. but they'll, they'll actually help to spread, um, you know, or, or worsen the problem if we uh, continue to share those myths. And anyone can check online, just search on Google for um, myths um, and coronavirus or COVID-19, and you'll mm. get from, say, the World Health Organization or BBC or CNN, you'll get some lists of, of myths that are, um, you, you know, debunked. And it's important, one of the key points to, to, to keep in mind for everybody is that at, the, at this current time, once you become infected with the virus, there is no known um, treatment to, to sort of um, kill off the virus at the moment mm. until a vaccine is created. The, the best way that we can help each other and ourselves is by following health advice, you know, with, um, you know, keeping ourselves to ourselves through social distancing mm. um, and the, you know, following the advice of the restricted movement uh, order. Mm. Um, in order to stop uh, the spread of this infodemic, um, we need to realize uh, and we need to be aware that we are all responsible for double checking the information that we do share and to realize that sharing fake news can uh, lead to unhelpful behaviors that could cause significant problems for people's health. So it's that realization that it's not about me thinking, well, you know, Eugene needs to keep themselves safe or my friends need to keep themselves safe. I'm okay. I don't need, I'm feeling okay. So therefore I don't need to make sure I don't need to take extra precaution. No, everybody, each and every one of us has that responsibility to make sure that if we come across any kind of information, um, that even if it sounds plausible, but if we cannot verify uh, the sort of accuracy of the information, either through uh, reputable news sources or mm-hmm. um, governmental institutions, then we should not share it. And by doing that, it's kind of like virtual distancing, if you like. We keep ourselves mm-hmm. um, distant from fake news, if you like, you know? So it's kind of like you're, you're, you're kind of transposing the social distancing measures to uh, the digital uh, mm-hmm. sense, where you're, you're keeping yourself safe from fake news in that way, but you're not spreading it further. I, I like the idea of, um, in a way, transposing, like you said, the social distancing to an online virtual setting as well. So maybe just to elaborate on that point, do you have some tips which we could share uh, with our listeners on what you would, what you could do to be a responsible user of social media right now? And also maybe just elaborate on our our intake and our consumption of the news, where you know, how how often should we be checking in every day? You know, just to balance that off. Uh, with regards to our mental health and our well-being during this time. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, one of the things to, to keep in mind is that the 24-hour news cycle is, is, is a kind of recent um, uh, sort of occurrence or invention. So 
you know, back in the early days of the BBC, for example, you would get radio presenters who would say, they would come on radio and they would say, today we report that there is no news, right? And that would be the broadcast. So, but now it's like, you know, there's, there's so much news, 24 hour cycle, and much of it is opinion. Mm. Um, you know, you've got panels and you've got news programs that discuss and, and, and kind of debate. Um, it's good to stay informed, and I think that we should um, look at the news every so often just to keep an eye on, on, on what's happening. But what, what I do uh, personally mm -hmm. is that I maybe read some news in the morning, and then that's it, for the, that's it for the day. Because if you're keeping up to date with the constant news cycle, um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, the media is geared towards highlighting the, the negative and the dramatic um, mm -hmm. in order to get views or sales. So um, in terms of our mental health, it's not so great to be, you know, uh, constantly informing ourselves of negative headlines, of negative articles. There's a lot of good stuff being done by the media, and especially uh, in Malaysia, I have to say, especially among the national press. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we should just keep a lookout for, you know, informative uh, information that keeps us up to date, but try to stay away from the sort of negative repetition of, you know, mm -hmm. The, the, the case increases, the, you know, the, the health status of, of, of vulnerable um, patients and so on. Um, right. and this can just help us stay a little bit calmer, a little bit stress-free, um, as opposed to if we're constantly checking social media, we're constantly checking the news. So set time limits is a, is a good idea. So even mm -hmm. for social media, for example, I might check it for uh, news maybe twice a day because it's the same news that's been repeated anyway. Um, right. on a daily cycle. So every day you don't have to have that fear of missing out with information. Mm -hmm. you can just set yourself a limit. Okay, half an hour in the morning, maybe half an hour in the afternoon. If you need to get more information, you know, another half an hour in the evening, but try to sort of uh, utilize your time, uh, you know, using more positive or, or engaging mm -hmm. in more positive pursuits and activities that just help to keep you sane. In yeah. a sense, I yeah. think um, one of the points that we mentioned before was that, uh, you know, you would think that for introverts like us, we would be, um, you know, joyous at this idea that, mm. you know, we're kind of cocooned mm. in our own place. But actually, you know, even, you know, everybody is a kind of social creature. We need that connection. So instead of constantly fixating on the news, we can spend that time um, maybe sort of working on those connections, having conversations with friends over social media. It's not the social media itself that's the problem. It's how it's used like mm. any other uh, tool. So if we use it for positive means, then we're much more likely to be in a better place with regards to um, our emotional health and well-being. Great, great. All, all excellent tips. I'll have to be a little bit more disciplined in making sure that I don't check in every time I hear a notification or someone retweets something on Twitter. So yeah, certainly something I could start practicing at this point in time. <laughs> and uh, Sunny, if you, I'm sure you've come across sources which um, are reliable sources of information about the outbreak. And yes, in addition to practicing, just being a little bit more disciplined and deliberate in how often we check in, uh, can you maybe just share with our listeners on the sources that we should rely on and maybe give examples of those that we should ignore when we get our updates about this outbreak? Yeah, sure. So um, I tend to have sort of five 
go-to sources that I use to make mm-hmm. sure that information is accurate and up-to-date. And I'm sure with the podcast episode, we can share the, the website links to, to these sources. Yep. So the five are uh, the World Health Organization, yep. uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, mm-hmm. uh, the UK National Health Service, the NHS, yep. uh, the BBC Health News, mm-hmm. And also uh, Harvard Health Publishing, which comes from Harvard's medical school. So all of these uh, sources are very good at keeping uh, news up to date, uh, mm. you know, and, and giving sort of accurate and fresh health advice mm. as and when uh, more knowledge about this virus uh, arises. So mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, in terms of local sources, people can can check out any source that they feel they can trust. So any kind of um, reputable news or health source uh, within Malaysia. Uh, mm. that, that people recognize as a sort of trusted media brand, for example, or health uh, institution. Um, and of course, they can check in with, with Help University. Um, our, our psychology department and um, our counseling services team, uh, they're, they're doing a great job in helping to, to, to sh- make sure that we are sharing accurate um, and helpful information. Um, so that's maybe something that we can share as well. Uh, in terms of what we should ignore uh, during this time, um, it's very difficult to, to be able to separate their specific examples. But what I would do is come back to that main point that we should question any information that doesn't come from a reputable source directly. Now, one of the things, one of the problems with videos and articles, and again, you, you'll have known this um, from information that you've seen, they might reference things, things like Stanford, Harvard, Oxford mm. Research, yeah. this um, information comes from top Japanese doctors or UK medical researchers, but all of that is meaningless unless you can trace it back to the original source, if there's a citation or if there's a website, mm. just because it sounds impressive doesn't mean that the information is true. So we need to be careful with that. So any, so any, the information that I would say that we should question is that information that doesn't come directly from a reputable source. And what I mean by that is if someone sends you information that doesn't, that isn't tied directly to a website or a citation, um, then think twice before you share it. Ultimately, we all have that responsibility um, to make sure that what we are discussing and, and sharing um, is accurate so that we can keep ourselves healthy and so that we can support our loved ones and friends um, to help keep them and mm. safe from any kind of false news uh, that might lead to uh, you know greater problems down the line yeah great points uh, on on that note it does sound very much like people who forward messages and they say that this harvard or stanford or whichever prestigious institution whichever university actually has claimed this it almost sounds like they're making an appeal to authority isn't it i mean it's like just because this i, I heard news from a friend who's connected to this researcher. Yeah, I, I think that's, we've been getting quite a few of that as well. Yeah, I, I think, I think I mean, not, not to, to disparage um, people's credentials at all, but even mm. things like, um, you know, you, you hear from a, a, a PhD holder or um, some kind of expert, um, mm. quite a lot of the time, unless it's a health expert with, with, mm. with um, you know, deep knowledge of say um, coronavirus, um, or other health matters. Mm. Um, sometimes we can listen to people that, that's, that have impressive credentials, mm-hmm. but their area of expertise is not on that subject particularly. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's, it's important that any kind of information that we are hearing from anyone 
and mm. unless they are tied to a, 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 a say an organization like the world health organization or mm. the nhs and um, that we do kind of check that that, that information yeah. but you're right you, i mean you'll know from the the, the stuff we, the, the work that we have done on mindfulness before um there is a lot of research or a lot of information that says um you know oxford researchers have found that yeah. Um, you know, mindfulness can can cure the side effects of too much caffeine or, or whatever. As soon as you, and of course that that's not true, because um, uh, I've just made that up. But that's the point. If just by saying Oxford research or Harvard research, it gives it that kind of gravitas, that kind of yes. authority. But again, if you can't trace it back to the original source, then it's questionable, um, you know, or, or even meaningless um, if you hmm. can't trace it back. Yeah, so excellent points, and I, I, I'm sure all listeners who are, who are tuning into this podcast right now has re, have really picked up points, tips, and suggestions on how to be a responsible social media user during this time. Sandy Clark, thank you so much for your time and for your suggestions and for your advice as well. So, yeah, so this series of podcasts, once again, is an initiative from the Department of Psychology at Help University. So our outreach during this uncertain time, and we hope that you certainly, our dear listeners, uh, found found it useful, found it practical as well. Uh, join us again next time. We'll have the guests on the show as well. But until then, stay safe, stay indoors, and you'll hear from us very soon. Thanks so much, Sandy, for your time. You're welcome. Thanks, Eugene. All right. Thanks, and we'll you hear from us again soon. All right. Take care now. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Empowering Lives Podcast, brought to you by the Department of Psychology at HELP University, Malaysia, the University of Achievers. For more information about HELP University, visit www.help.edu.my and learn about our world-class programs and mental health services. Thank you for listening. And remember, together we can empower each other to build rich and meaningful lives driven by purpose, vision, and values.